Hi, welcome to Marketer for Hire. I'm your host, Sunny Logsdon, and I understand that not all business owners have a marketing background. That's why I'm here, to provide tips and advice on how to build the right team to unlock your business's full potential without wasting precious time and money. Each week, we'll break down complex marketing concepts into easy to understand pieces so that you can delegate confidently. Whether you're a business owner with a marketer on your team or you're just beginning the journey of hiring a marketer, I'm passionate about helping you maximize success. So if you're looking for ways to get the most out of your marketing budget, reduce frustration from lack of results, and provide clear strategic marketing direction to your team, this show is for you. Hello and welcome to 2024. If you're listening to this episode on the day it's released, you are a whopping three days into January. And my guess is that you probably fall into one of two camps. You are a person who loves all the possibilities that the new year brings. You've set your intention for the year. Maybe you have a word of the year and you can't wait to dive into your 2024 goals with fresh perspective. Or maybe you're the type who feels that there is way too much emphasis on New Year's resolutions, words of the year, and you've decided to eschew the whole New Year, New You philosophy. After all, it's just the start of another month, right? Well, whichever camp you fall into, I've got you. Because if you're a business owner, we have one thing in common— We want to grow our businesses over the next 12 months. And more specifically, we want to grow revenue and put more money into our pockets. Am I right? Today, I want to get really specific about how to set your business goals for the year in a way that will guide your marketing and lead to real growth for your business. Even if you've already set your 2024 goals, I want you to listen to this episode all the way through because chances are, It will help you get even more specific, which is key to achieving those goals. Okay, so first, let's just talk about goals in general. I want you to hear this. Saying that you want to double your gross revenue this year is not a goal. Maybe you're thinking, wait, what? It's measurable because I said double and I specified gross revenue, which makes it specific. How's that not a goal? Well, the steps you need to take to get there are far too many and overwhelming. And yeah, doubling is measurable, but how are you going to measure the specific steps to double that revenue? I want you to break that goal down further. And here's where people set themselves up to fail. They start this goal setting process by setting an arbitrary goal. When you do that, you have skipped the most important step. And I'm not going to let you do that. So here's where I want you to start. Dig out your numbers from 2023. I know, I know, maybe it was a crap year, you're done with it, and you want to put it to bed already. Well, friend, not quite yet. Hang with me because this process is going to ensure that 2024 is not another crap year. I promise. Here's the questions I want you to answer about last year. Are you ready to write these down? Okay, the first question is, which product or service was the most profitable last year? If you're a service-based business, try to estimate how many hours you spend on the service because that's part of your cost. 
If you're a product-based business, you'll want to take into account costs that are specific to each product. Your more general costs do not need to be taken into account because they apply across all the products and are a wash for this exercise. Now, to answer the second question, you'll need to dig a little deeper into your top-selling product or service and ask, who's buying it? When are they buying it? And where are they buying it? Dig in and see if there's one type of buyer that makes up the majority of your sales for your top selling item or service. To figure this out, you're going to want to slice and dice your data a few ways to get the answer. For example, the majority of your sales might represent a certain demographic. Or maybe you have customers across ages and stages and socioeconomic statuses, so it's really hard to figure out who's buying your product. Well, in that case, I want you to figure out, are they coming to you for a very specific need? Or maybe they all have a common event in their lives that sparked them coming to you. Whatever it is, I want you to figure out a way to segment your buyers and identify a commonality or two among those who buy the most. Let me give you an example of how this knowledge can impact your marketing. I worked with a chiropractic group whose messaging when I started working with them was really generic. As we worked together, we were able to identify their two biggest audience segments were high school athletes and middle-aged weekend warriors. As we got clear on who they were serving, we were able to get really specific in their marketing and go after those segments who have different messaging, different needs. And as we got specific, they were able to see themselves in our marketing. This client stopped being generic with their messaging and was able to see pretty big growth in their practice by capturing the segments that were actually impacting growth. I don't want to get too far off track here, but I do think it's important to call out that too many business owners spin their wheels going after the wrong people or staying too generic like my client was doing. Maybe you think that a specific segment is the right target audience. Maybe it's who you set out to serve. It's who you see yourself serving in your daydreams, which is another conversation. But the reality is that's not who's buying. Or maybe you think that everybody can benefit from your product or service and you don't want to alienate anyone. I get it. Sometimes we don't stop to see the answer right in front of us, which is I want you to love on the people who are actually buying from you and speak to them as specifically as possible. Instead of banging your head against the wall, trying to bring in a segment who isn't responding or trying to appeal to everyone. Okay, tangent over, back to our exercise. Next, look at when your top buyers buy. Are there peaks and valleys of sales throughout the year for your best-selling products? If so, identify what's happening at those times. Maybe you see that 75% of sales for a certain service or item come from a promotion you're running, a trade show, an ad, or maybe just during a specific time of year. Okay, tangent over, back to our exercise. Next, look at when your top buyers are buying. 
Do you have peaks and valleys of sales throughout the year for your best-selling products? If so, I want you to identify what's happening at those times. Why are people drawn to you at that specific time of the year? And how can you use this knowledge to draw them in during other times of the year? Also look at where people are buying. Is it through a specific partner's link? Is it through an ad? Maybe most of your sales are coming from referrals. And if so, pinpoint the type of person or business who is your best referral source, who they're referring you to, and why. And if you can't answer this question, then you need better tracking in place so that you know where your customers are coming from. All this information is data for your marketing strategy. If there's a season where it's crickets, we want to figure out how to either cut costs during the season or sell more. Or if you have a high season, is there a way to bring those people back in the slower season through a membership or by offering a discount? If there's a certain place your buyers are coming from and other places where you're not getting any sales, this is going to inform you where you need to spend your time and your money and where you need to save it. Are you following me with all of this? I hope so. Let's move on to our next question. Which product or service was the least profitable for your business last year? I'd say about 90% of the time, this product or service needs to be omitted from your offering. And yes, I know that you have a small percentage of your customer base that loves the thing that is the least profitable and you might get some pushback, you might feel bad, but my friend, you are not running a nonprofit. And hey, even if you are, we all need to streamline and cut the fat in order to focus on what we do best and what brings the most return. Let me give you an example of how this can work in your favor. I'm thinking of a client who recently decided to get rid of a service that was costing her a lot of time, but not bringing in a lot of money. She was worried about admitting the offer because she personally knew several people who were in this program and she was worried that if she ended it, they'd be upset. But she did go ahead. She admitted the offer and promoted a more profitable offer. And guess what? Some of her clients bought the more expensive offer because they wanted to continue working with her. Sure, she lost some people too, but that's okay because now she's focused on the clients that can pay her and she's able to focus on her business's most profitable service instead of being spread too thin. The bottom line here, because it affects the bottom line, is that you should not be wasting your energy on what's not making you money. Okay, so far you've identified your most profitable revenue stream your top buyers, and when they buy. You've also identified a possible area to cut fat. Now I want you to take a step back and look at your full suite of services or products again and ask yourself, which of these products or services do I most enjoy selling and working on? And on the flip side, and maybe even more importantly, which areas cause headaches? If you're a service provider and there's a service or a part of your service that you don't enjoy working on, get really specific about what you don't enjoy and why it is that you don't enjoy it. When it comes to products, maybe you're running into obstacles in production or distribution, manufacturing, stocking, shipping a specific product, and 
As business owners, we can be like a frog being boiled. These frustrations mount slowly and we begin to accept them as part of running our business. But I don't want you to just accept them. Instead, look at those frustrations and evaluate what you can do to alleviate them. Maybe you need to find a new fulfillment center. Maybe you need to rework your client's contracts and implement better boundaries or a different way of delivering your service. Maybe you need to bring in a contractor to take on pieces and parts of your business that you really hate and are a time suck for you. Does this take some time up front and is it a pain to do? Heck yes, but it will save you from a million little headaches in the future. All right, that's it. Pretty easy, huh? Those are the four or five simple questions that you need to dive into before setting your 2024 goals and business plan. Or if you've already set them, dive into those questions and reevaluate those 2024 goals. Listen, as I've said, it is easy to keep doing the same thing, even when it's not working for you. And this exercise is designed to reveal those areas where change needs to be implemented and where you really need to double down in your business. This data is the foundation for setting goals that will actually lead to growth in your business, as opposed to fluffy goals that are plucked from dreams and hopes. Remember, as you do this, this is your business. And not only is it okay to change things when they're not working, it is the only way that you'll grow. Now, I am going to caveat that by saying that this is something you should do annually. Making big changes more often than that will confuse your clients and your customers. And you want to be strategic, not impulsive about change. With that, let's recap the questions. The first one is, which product or service is the most profitable? Second one is, who's buying it and when, where are they buying it? Third one is, which products or services are the least profitable and what will you cut? The fourth one is, which of these products or services do I most enjoy selling and working on and which areas cause me headaches? As I wrap up here, I want to encourage you to go one step further than thinking about all of this, maybe jotting it down in a notebook that you won't be able to find next month. I want you to document it, which is why if you go to my show notes, there's a link to download my Snapshot 360 review. Download it, fill it out, and save it to refer to you as you create your marketing goals and your marketing decisions throughout the year. In next week's episode of Marketer for Hire, we will tackle exactly that, how to make marketing decisions based on this data and the goals that are born out of it. In the meantime, head to sunny-logsdon.com forward slash snapshot 360, the numbers 360, and download the worksheet so that you can put these insights into action and map out big growth for your business in 2024. Happy New Year, and thank you for being here. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Marketer for Hire podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights to help you delegate marketing so that you can confidently get out of the details. If you enjoyed the show, will you do me a favor? Will you hit the follow button and leave a review and a rating? 
And if you've heard something that you think will help another business owner, be sure to send them a link to the episode. I'd sure appreciate it. And most importantly, before you go, I just want to say that I know your time is so valuable as a business owner, and I truly appreciate you spending some of it with me today. Thank you, friends, and I'll see you next time.